Welcome to Badgedamia, a podcast so educational two professors could be hosting it. Hi, I'm Dr. Danielle Dickenview, and joining me is Dr. Bill Pennyman. Welcome everybody to Badgedamia Season 5, Episode 2. And this week we have one of our absolute favorite guests, Nicole Dick. Uh, That is right. We have our own version of Sister Sister. Uh, If you're watching... Um, then just to let you know, Nicole is actually on the phone, uh, but she is here for sure. I'm here. Hi, thank you for having me on again. I'm so excited. Thank you for being on. Is there anything that we need to know about you, Nicole, before we jump into things? Yes. So I've noticed this cycle that I go through whenever I start a new season in the Bachelor franchise. And that is, I immediately want to audition to be on the show. And so my first step is I start exercising. (laughs) I've exercised twice this week. All right. And the second, yes, thank you. And the second thing I think about is I have to be funny. And so I've been listening to more stand up than usual. Um, so yeah. And the third thing is I re-entered the online dating scene to find love because I'm so inspired by the show to find love. So So that's what you should know about me. A couple statements about what you said. One, I find you to be delightfully funny, even though we've only talked a few times, but I think you're hilarious. Two. One semester, my students created an online dating profile for one of my friends as a class project. So if you ever want, you know, college students messing around in your love life, let me know. We can set some stuff up. Three, if you're that not That actually watching, sounds amazing. They, they that got sounds really amazing. Into it. I'm in. Three, if you are not watching, you should just jump on YouTube real quick and look. Danielle got a new haircut. Oh, I did. It I looks look amazing. Like, yeah. I look like a Spice Girl. It's very 90s. I yeah. love it. It's very posh. You are posh Spice Danielle. Absolutely. So, Nicole, like, I want you to find um, love through this experience. So, if any of you are interested in dating Nicole, yes. you know, feel free to email us at Magic. Yeah, Nicole, what are you looking for? Sorry, Danielle has a meeting um, after this, but this happy, helping Nicole find love is way more important to me than anything at the university. <laughs> we should have yes, some good provost to listen yeah. to this episode. I'm looking for someone who is healthy, who is stable, who can help me to have fun because my job is very serious. Um who and who social justice is important to them. So that's really it. And listen, here's the deal. I'm 36 years old, which I feel is the perfect age for dating because a 22 year old looks good to me. And so does his father. Ooh, I like it. And you have your own money. So you can like, yeah. This is all, yep. all good mm-hmm. stuff. Wow. Yes. So I can go older or I could go younger both ways. Perfect age. I love it. Yes. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> uh, good pitch. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. If Thank you are you. interested, send an email or Twitter and, and we, Danielle and I will be the gatekeepers. If we deem you worthy, then we'll let you talk to Nicole. I love it. I like how I've inserted myself into this. Perfect. All right. I love it, Bill. I love it. If you had to compete against a fifth grader in a test of knowledge, what subject would you most likely get hosed at? Would would the fifth grader just wax you at? Oh, I would definitely lose in any math contest. My six-year, well, almost six-year-old tomorrow is Harper's birthday. Happy birthday, Harper. Happy birthday, Harper. And he can already do math better than me. But he's also, like, freakishly good at math. So, you know, he's, like, an almost six-year-old and can multiply and divide and 
all sorts of things and big numbers. So yes, yeah, fast math. He's really good at fast math. He is. He does it all in his head. But so I would definitely lose to a fifth grader in math. But you know, I think I'd really wipe them in vocabulary. I destroy mm. a fifth grader in vocabulary. You do always impress me with some of the words you come up with, like vapid and and not just like the big word, but you use it very well. It's not like where you use it and I'm like, mm, I don't know if that fits. It's it's yeah, I very think I make up words sometimes. So um and this is a family thing, isn't it, Nicole? Like Nicole, what's a Chester drawer? Um, a Chester drawer is a chest of drawers. <laughs> but we call them Chester drawers. I like it. Yep. Yeah. Like Chester. Yep. It's his drawers. <laughs> <laughs> so Nicole, Nicole, what what would you compete if against a fifth grader in and they would win okay definitely math so here's here's the thing i had to take statistics in college four times before i passed it um and i actually have no shame around that like math is hard we all can't be good at it so i'll let others shine um <laughs> but i feel like what i'd be really good at is music i would just rule the music class okay in fifth like, grade yep like elbow a fifth grader to sing the solo so danielle yes, has exactly. told, danielle has told me that her husband has a theory that all people raised mormon are just inherently amazing at music so are you saying is this a general fifth grade class or is this a class of mormons because i feel like that's a really like it raises the level right Okay, you did just raise the stakes. Yeah. Um, so I feel like if it was a class of um, Mormon fifth graders, I would be competitive, but I definitely would not make top 10. Mm. Yeah. Mormons like, are very musical. It's true. That's what I've heard. Yeah, so I don't I don't know why, but it is very true. And everyone's pretty pretty much very good public speakers as well. So, so I grew up yep. e evangelical and my parents at one mm -hmm. point considered homeschooling. And so as we're just insulting all religions here, uh, I'll take my shots at the evangelical area <laughs> that I was growing up in. Uh, and I feel like all of them are very good at spelling. Like when they were homeschooled, they may not understand science or anything else, but spelling was really, and I am a horrible speller. Um, and Elaine will back me up on this. And so I would get just when they were doing the spelling competition on the show, I, the whole time I was, yeah. there, I was like, I, I can't spell that. I can't spell that. And it's like, I've just, I was so beaten down by spelling tests that I just gave up trying and I just spell it how I want. And then when someone corrects me, I'm just like, ah, sure. <laughs> yeah. And so like, if you ever yeah. correct me, if I spell like, like yellow and you're like, Bill, you forgot an L there's three L's in yellow. I'd probably just be like, all right, well, you got me. <laughs> I don't know how to spell yellow. Yep. I have to sing the Gwen Stefani banana song to spell banana. Oh, yeah. You know, I think oh, that's so we funny. make this our stereotype episode yep. uh, where we just like lean really hard into it. And just it's like we're just like the opposite <laughs> of what we normally try to do. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. As Nicole said, she wanted social justice at the heart of any man. She's like, well, let's show you what you don't. Here we go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Oh my goodness. All right. Let's get going. Dan Danielle's important and has a meeting. She's got to get to a meeting after this. Okay. She can't just sit around okay. and screw off like me and Nicole. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. So, we're we're going to support you, Danielle. Yep. We're here. Episode starts with patri pastries. They go untouched and girl talk. Um, and uh, any thoughts on the girl talk? She said uh, all the guys seem genuine and authentic. I like Tasha, and Tasha. yeah. Um, I do, as far as this authentic thing, like I just don't believe in authenticity, right? So like, um, I do think that people can come across as being more genuine or like um honest in their intentions I guess but um 
I don't know that I think this group is any more or less authentic. <laughs> authentic. Word. Speaking of authentic. making up words, <laughs> authentic. <laughs> authentic. Yeah. What do you think, Nicole? Um. Yeah, so I think it was foreshadowing because that was definitely the theme of the whole episode was who's being real and who's not, especially towards the end. So it was just foreshadowing. Those producers toying with us. Shocking mm-hmm. plot in the Bachelor series. Yep. <laughs> All right, so they go on the first group date um, and we got Brandon, Romeo, Rick, PJ, Will, Olamide, Danielle, LT, and Peter. Um, and they're going to compete against children. First off, were those child actors? They had to be acting. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. They were, all right. That's what I thought. They they have to be, and they were amazing. Yes. The little girl making mm-hmm. all of the like um, disgusted faces was fantastic. Yes. And I have some knowledge of working with fifth graders because you know back in a former life I. I ran a summer camp and it's like no normal fifth grader can pay attention for that long. Like my wife, Elaine would have been one of those kids. Like she was an adult when she was two years old um, (laughs) and has been an adult ever since. Uh, So basically the guys are bad at math, except for the Harvard math man. Um, They seem to be good at science, except for Peter, uh, which I was like, shouldn't he be good at like chemistry because he bakes, he makes pizza. Like baking is chemistry, uh, musical chairs. Peter tried way too hard and spelling. Um, Will called Peter a narcissist. So, which of those areas are a deal breaker for you if you were going to have a partner to start out with? Like, which one would you be like? I can't date this person because they're bad at. None of those things would be a deal breaker for me. Ooh. But I mean, that's like, a very I'm Danielle not- answer. Like. Like I can get over all of those. I see the good in people. I just, I don't think that I'd be like, oh, like, you know, I'm not going to date this person because like they were bad in this child competition with baking chem- or chemistry, right? Um, also, I do think that baking and chemistry have some similarities, but also not good at chemistry, but I can bake. Um, though I'd rather cook because I don't like being precise about things. Um, but I do think if Peter was acting the way that Peter would, that would be a deal breaker for me. Okay. So it's how they do the task, not whether or not they can do the task. Yeah, I'm with you on that, Danielle. I just felt like Peter wasn't a good sport about anything. Um, just kind of like a bad attitude. Um, and just really didn't react well when his ego was at stake. Does that make him a narcissist though? Can we like, um, I don't feel like we have enough to, yeah, I don't think we have enough to diagnose him. So I, so I was a little bit, I think Peter seems like a jerk and I, I, the first episode I was like, this guy's no good, but I, I did not appreciate the guys were like mad at him for trying hard. I just, I don't like when people mm-hmm. are like, you're trying too hard when it's a competition. It's like, that's what a competition is. Um, I thought the guy who beat him in musical chairs had clearly played a game of musical chairs or two, because when Peter tried to take it, the chair from him, he grabbed the bottom of the chair and the back. <laughs> and having played a lot of games of musical chairs with children, when I like ran summer camps, like that's a that's a pro move right there you quickly realize that yeah um so I think Mm -hmm. for me the inability to do basic chemistry I don't know if I would be able to get over that like it looked like they had pre-mixed stuff you put them together in order and then it happened and if you're not able to do that I think we would have a lot of issues like in life so that might be a sign that they're just dumb yeah, that'd be a deal breaker for me or that you like can't follow directions. I just, I would have a hard time marrying somebody who had that much trouble with a very basic task. Did I, have I ever shared about the time Ryan broke up with 
a girl because of her pink stapler? No, but I do love a good throwing your significant other under the bus. So let's. Oh no, this is in support of Ryan. Oh okay. So, um, I got your back, hon. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, he was. So we were actually, I think, friends during this time. Um, and he was dating this girl who was like kind. I guess she wasn't that smart. And he was on the debate. No, maybe the speech team at this time. It was doing an event called Extemp, where you like do a lot of research around current events in the news. And um, he was, she had asked him about how this event works and he was explaining to her how it, and he like said, oh yeah, we have to staple all these things together. Cause like we're old and this is like before everything was digital. Mm -hmm. And um, she, go, she starts laughing and she's like, ah, I have a pink stapler. And he's like, he's like, I just like shared all this like kind of complex, interesting stuff with her. And she just like laughed and told me that she has a pink stapler. And he's like, I just never called her back after that. He ghosted her before ghosting was like a thing. That's an acceptable move in my opinion. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. But so now sometimes I have- I have pink stapler moments, right? Where I'm like, oh, you just broke up with me, didn't you? Because I just had a pink stapler moment. I feel like if you marry someone long enough that they're going to have a pink stapler moment, right? Where you're telling them something and they say something and it's like, that's not even related, honey. <laughs> like that was really yeah. Cool. And you just kind of walk off instead of like blowing up and just like, I'm just going to do something else for a few minutes. Oh dear. All right. So she got sparks from Brandon and kissed him. Thoughts? That was a weird com that that was all weird to me. What do you think, Nicole? Would you have fallen for those yeah. lines? <clears throat> no, I thought it was pretty funny. Um <laughs> and but it seems like it seems like Brandon, because Brandon reminds me of like a young guy, a high schooler going to prom. I think that's a great with his yeah, with his sweet little baby face, and uh, when he wore that suit on the first episode with the tie and stuff, he looked like he was going to prom. <laughs> and so I think that kind of like cheesy, immature, cute behavior seemed seemed in character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think he's going to have the emotional depth that uh, she needs in a significant other. No, I, I keep liking Michelle. I mean, I know there were yeah. only like uh, an episode and a half or two episodes in. I mean, we've only talked about an episode and a half at this point. And uh, I am liking her a lot. I'll just, yeah. Yes, I love Michelle and I'm very invested in her future. She's very good. I really appreciate her boundary setting. Like she is amazing at mm -hmm. being like, this is, and, and I would be interested in Nicole's take. Cause I feel like you've got a lot of, you've got background in this, but I just feel like she is constantly doing a good job on a show where I feel like a lot of the contestants in the past have come in and they're going to set boundaries. And then the show gets the, the situation gets the better of them. And she seems like she's really like very good at it better than I'd ever be. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I think for her to be able to set boundaries like that in the moment, um, and they're very clear, that takes a lot of practice to be able to just do it in the moment like that. Um, and so I love watching it. And I hope, I hope others are learning and growing by watching her example of setting healthy boundaries. The Bachelorette is helping people out. It's Nicole is working out. People are learning. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I sort of do wonder if she's able to set boundaries the way that she is and not have as negative a response to her boundary setting as she would if she wasn't. Because like you're kind of in a position of power as the Bachelorette, mm -hmm. right? And you know, one of the reasons that I think I struggle with boundaries is that I think that when I set boundaries, there are people who are resentful towards me for setting them. 
or will like I will say no and I have to say no three times for someone to hear it and so in ways that I notice that other people don't and like Michelle being a black woman I also think that there's ways that her setting boundaries could be responded to differently Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. so like I think that like I love the way that she sets boundaries and I think it's super healthy, but I also wonder if in real life, um, she doesn't get pushback when she communicates like that in a way that we haven't seen the pushback, at least not yet on the show. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does make sense. And I think, I think totally to like the response to it, seems positive and I think a lot does have to do with her being in the position of power like she's the person everybody wants to please right versus if it were reverse I think yeah I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be seen as setting healthy boundaries right it would be right. called something else yeah, yeah. that was I a very so. good point Danielle I think some way, like, it's hard to think about it in the moment, but when you set those boundaries and people push back and then, you know, you have to hold those boundaries and then they cut you out of their life or whatever they do, it's a good way to kind of call your circle, right? If people don't respect your boundaries and they leave. Um, but I think it takes a person who kind of knows what they they want. Maybe that's what we're all saying is she seems like she's really oh, yeah. good about knowing what she wants and using her boundaries as a way to communicate that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there's a difference between context, right? So setting boundaries, for example, in interpersonal relationships versus setting boundaries in like, let's say the workplace. For sure. Mm -hmm. Um, So Peter and Will start arguing while she's like having these conversations and it is like the most childish two gorillas, uh, two people like throwing poop at each other at a zoo i'm not sure what so it all stemmed from the um the what did he call it? a narcissist comment but then at one point he called him some word i didn't know and then he said to just keep making pizzas and i think the guy said he didn't make good pizza um i want to have something really thoughtful to say about this but I, peter said it was out of character any thoughts this morning I was re-watching things mm-hmm. and I had to fast forward through this fight because I found it so obnoxious I could not listen to it a second time. So that's what I You know what I I walked out when I was watching it. I left the room and I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to the bathroom now because I was just like, I don't have the energy to to have this kind of fighting in my space. <laughs> I did have like mm-hmm. a question when I was watching it and she's like having a conversation with someone else and um, as this like fighting is going on in the background, I was like, is this fighting really going on in the background? And she could hear it while she was sitting and talking to this, you know, this other guy, I, I, it's quite possible. Or I was like, is this where they've edited the sound in the background? Pipe it in. Mm. I think, I think it actually was happening because I thought you could see a little like move of a producer that was like walking over to see what was going on, like in the background behind them. Um, But yeah. Yeah, I thought it was, I don't know. I I don't know why you have that argument. I think your best bet is to just be like, oh, sorry, man. I was just joking. Yeah, you're right. I won't do it again. Walk off. Like I, Mm -hmm. but maybe when I was, 23 I would have engaged in that argument so I'm just so tired I just don't know if I have the energy in life to have that type of argument I also think that right. like Peter is trying to get camera time yeah oh yeah from the beginning with his like over the top like yelling of Italian aggressive Italian throwing of pizza and uh, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm hungry. I'd eat a pizza right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my shake and the pizza talk is just making me regret that per the, the shake instead of a pizza. Uh, so Brandon gets a rose. Um, then Jamie gets the one-on-one. They go to Joshua Tree and climb. Jamie talked about his family. Jamie discloses that throughout his childhood, his mother had some pretty severe mental health issues uh jamie and his sister had to take care of the mother uh while going to school and eventually she passed away from suicide um 
James disclosed his uh, struggle and eventually healed from the tragedy. Michelle thanked him for being open and honest. She gives him rose and says it couldn't have gone better. A lot happened in that part of the episode. I felt like it was very short, but very heavy. Any thoughts? Yeah, so Jamie, before he was chosen for this one, or maybe it was after he was chosen, but it was before he went on the one-in-one date, he was talking to the guys and he was basically saying, I got to make sure she fits into my life, right? Mm -hmm. And I go travel a lot, you know, on such short notice and I travel alone. And I thought that was kind of odd. And at first I was really irritated. Then having the context of his, his history and, you know, the struggles of his family and his mother, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense now. Why he would go off spur of the moment and travel alone. Like that's part of his healing, right? That's part of like healing and dealing with, with his past and his trauma and definitely like his ego of like, he gets a one-on-one date, but what's the biggest fear? Rejection, right? And so his ego steps in and is like, oh, well, I got to make sure she fits into my life. Mm. Um, and so that was kind of my benefit of the doubt for him. But I thought it was, I just, I love when people talk about mental health because I think it's so important. Um, and that he was brave enough to, to bring it into the show because it's a real thing that a lot of people deal with. And I thought Michelle handled it really well. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that she was really responsive and empathetic. She's a really good listener. Um, and and I remember that from that season, right? That like I really was impressed with her listening skills. And um, the only thing that I sort of like kind of worry about for Michelle is that I do think that she cares a whole lot about people. And I'm like a little bit, <laughs> like I'm a little concerned. What It's a good thing that she can set strong boundaries. Um, let me put it that way, because I am like a little bit worried that, I mean, I have, maybe this is me projecting myself onto that, that she'll want to be a fixer, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yes. And, you know, and well, I will say uh, when they were doing the climbing, she shared that normally she's the cheerleader and the helper, but he, he was cheerleading and helping her in that time. And she said that was really refreshing, but then there was pretty much like a role reversal, you know, so she got to be the helper, you know, in that second half of the date. And I will say too, I do worry if, I think she has great boundaries, but I do worry about Emotional empathy is so important, but it's a double-edged sword because on the other half of it, people can use emotional empathy as a, a tool to manipulate, right? Right. Um, and so that's what I worry about and get concerned about is people using that to form a connection that actually isn't really stable, right? Yeah. Great. Yeah, that, I think that that kind of captures what I was like trying to express really well, Nicole. Um, what was oh, it? look at this. Sister supporting sisters. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have such conflicting feelings about, about Jamie by the end of the episode. Yeah. So, oh, me too. I can't wait to get to that part. Yeah. So, uh, so let's move on. So we have plenty of time if we're, if we're done with that. Um, any, any closing thoughts on their, their date? Uh, no. So interestingly, um, they do a second group date and it's basketball. And here's what I've decided. So Katie owned a vibrator. And so everything was about sex positivity and Michelle is a teacher and played basketball. So every date is going to be about basketball or children, I guess. Um, I hope they branch out because I feel like she probably has lots of different qualities to her, but I hope they don't reduce her mm -hmm. to two things. Um, 
Also, no surprise, Joe's a really good basketball player. Uh, he played for the University of Minnesota. Um, and no surprise, Michelle likes it. Uh, Joe's team loses, but he wins the MVP and gets to go to the after party. Here are my first couple thoughts. I really wish they would have made five of the guys play the two WNBA players because the WNBA players would have absolutely destroyed them. And it would have been glorious to watch those men get just crushed um, and their egos be crushed. And I like watching people just get put in their place. Second, uh, Joe lets Michelle know that uh, a coach near and dear to him uh, has died. They kiss. She says sparks fly. Joe gets the group rose and predictably the dudes are really mad um, because they are starting to piece together that possibly they knew each other. So I guess my first question, and we talk about this, I think every season, do the guys have the right to be mad? Like, I mean, knowing that there's probably some type of connection. Yes and no. I mean, I can't, I can imagine why that would be frustrating because I think that time is one of the most valuable things on the show so if you find out that someone is coming in and has already had all this time it probably feels like well how are you supposed to catch up right um in fact the bachelor data instagram oh man if you don't follow it get on it it's good it is. And one of the things that I thought was interesting is that the word time has been the most used word um, on the scene mm. so far. In fact, I was kind of surprised because vulnerability has been used a little bit more than authenticity, which um, I feel like vulnerability was like used so much in past episodes. I don't feel like it has been as dramatic, but yeah, so I mean, I kind of get it. I really like Joe, and I feel like maybe I shouldn't, but like, I don't know. I feel like they seem like a good match. I like them. Yeah, do you know what? I like them too. And I didn't, at first, I didn't make the connection that he was the guy who had ghosted Michelle um, through DMs or whatnot um, until someone pointed it out to me. But I, yeah, I, through that whole thing, I kind of fell in love with Joe and I feel like I feel good about them. I feel good about them. Well, so I guess my thing is from a, like a relationship standpoint, she already is attracted to him because she tried to reach out in the DMs. And so if the whole goal of the show is to find love for Michelle, then I guess I don't think the guys have much to complain about. Right. Um, But I agree with Danielle that you know, time is probably the most precious commodity, especially at the beginning of the show. In the first four episodes, you know, time with the the principal is the most important thing probably. And so you are giving them an unfair advantage. Um, and you would have got, they would have been voted off Bachelor in Paradise, right? We already, we saw this mm-hmm. in Bachelor in Paradise. You cannot show up and have been together and not be, I'm not sure what you can't do, but there is something you can't do. And those people got in trouble on Bachelor in Paradise for it, so. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like this is not the first time that they've brought someone onto the show who has, where two people have communicated before. Like, how did they find Joe, yeah. right? Like, you know, so I have some kind of questions about that. Um, I also think, that you know it's good drama um and they know that that's gonna like spark drama um it does make you sort of question how like if he ghosted her before is he is his feelings for her gonna be as intense or genuine as her feelings for him mm-hmm. but you know i so so if you think about it again from a relationship standpoint like they have a lot of mutual interests too, right? They're both from Minnesota, so it wouldn't be a relocation. Um, they both are really into athletics. He sounds like he's kind of into social justice as well as she is. So they're really compatible. Um, and I guess, you know, sometimes you, somebody reaches out, like they want to go on a date and you're like, it's not happening. And then like six months later, you're like, huh, maybe I do like them. I don't know, you know? And so I guess that's mm-hmm. like not that unnatural to happen, but he does owe her an explanation. He would owe me an explanation mm-hmm. if I had reached out, we had talked a little bit and then he just ghosted me like, yeah, so. 
Any other yeah, guys? I feel like oh, that's that's what I do. That's what I do on online dating all that's the time. Nicole's that's Nicole's move. I just ghost people. <laughs> yeah, it is, and it is. It's just like I run out of bandwidth. I run out of energy, you know. And it, it does even just being like, "Hey, I I'm really low energy right now. Can't talk." It feels like too much, and especially like. They're strangers. I've never met these men, you know? And so, like, what do I really owe them? And so I have some compassion for Joe on that point. Mm. So do you come back to guys eventually? Like, after you ghost them, is there a point where you come back and you're like, I've got the bandwidth now? Um, Probably only a few of them. Okay. I've probably only done that two or three times because I was interested enough, you know? Mm -hmm. So... Any other guys stick out? But most of the time, no. Most of the time, no. Any other mm. guys in the date stick out? Anybody? No? Mm. All right. Then much what's, like the show. What's the guy who was the table? Who was the table? Oh, Rick. Yeah. They Rick stood out to me. Yeah, they have some chemistry. I noticed like when they talked, they were like talking on the bench earlier in the episode his like their the way their bodies like he had his arm around her and like the way that their nonverbals were were pretty strong I can't decide if I really like sometimes I really like Rick and other times I'm like this guy's kind of weird and creepy mm -hmm. I like go back and forth between like I like Rick and like being kind of like weirded out by him I feel like it's you know the wrong... I'm the same way go ahead Nicole <laughs> Oh, no, I was just going to say, I feel the same way. Like, there's something about Rick that I'm really drawn to. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, his eyes are shifty. <laughs> you know, I and I like take a step back. I think it's the long pauses between saying like, he has this way of saying things. And it takes really weird, long pauses that like, it just Yeah, it's creepy. But then other times I'm like, yeah, he seems like a good guy. He's good looking. He's got mm -hmm. great eyelashes. Yep. Um, it almost looks like he's wearing like eyeliner. His eyelashes are so thick. And mm -hmm. like that's simultaneously what makes him like attractive, but also part of what I think makes him have like shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So cocktail party. Jamie pulls Michelle aside and says the guys think she had something with Joe before the show doesn't matter to him. Okay. That's what he wants. To, he could care less. He's very confident in who he is, but he's just bringing it up. Okay. Whatever, whatever. He's just bringing it. It's fine. Whatever. Um, and then Michelle gets really busted up about it. She tells Tasha that everyone was on the same level playing field. Then she pulls the dudes together and tells them um, that much. She says, you know, everyone has the same uh, level thoughts on that strategy. Mm -hmm. So I don't have, okay, so I want to like tell a little story. I Ooh. feel like somewhere- Story there's, time, story time. I feel like somewhere there's, oops, sorry about that. Um, I feel like somewhere there's probably some good research that like names this sort of tactic. Um, but so I wrote my dissertation on toilets and um, it was- fun but also incredibly serious and it was really interesting being on the job market and listening to different people's like reactions to my research and I was at um I'll give you an example I was at um a university interviewing and the department head and the search chair were like Danielle like we really really love your research we value it like we kind of get it but like our dean may not so like could you just like not tell him like you know because we don't have a problem with what you do but like he might so like I, we're gonna ask you to kind of like censor like what you do and so then I meet with a dean and the dean like had looked over my stuff like he'd see my vita and stuff and he's like he's like toilets huh you want to hear a fart joke right he <laughs> thought it was great right and so I've like been really in tune to ways in which a lot of times um, fast forward. Well, I'll go fast forward. I was on a committee looking at um, 
Family Medical Leave Act and um, pater uh, sorry, um, parental leave policies. And what was really interesting is someone's like, oh, well, like I would love it if we did this really awesome policy that y'all are discussing, but hypothetically, my neighbor wouldn't like it. So it's like, not me. I like totally support this, but my hypothetical neighbor would maybe not support this. And I've been so fascinated by ways that people don't take accountability for their own like prejudice or perceptions or like stereotypes around something by like creating hypothetical others that they think are gonna disagree with something. And I felt like that's kind of what Jamie was doing is he actually had all these concerns. And rather than owning those concerns about his as his own, he blames them and sort of like says, oh, well, all the guys are talking about this. So like he can bring up the concern, but not be accountable for like the, the fallout from it. Right. And I think that like, mm -hmm. I've just, there's something happening there. And I feel like there's probably like a word or a theory or like something about this tactic because it's not an uncommon one. That's like a sort of extra credit. It's I like, like an extra credit yeah. that I don't have like a name for yet. Well, and he furthers yeah, that no. by like, when the guys are asking him, he basically does the thing where they're like, who said it? And he's like looking around, I'm like, I don't know. Let's get him. When we figure out who did it, let's get <laughs> this guy, right? Um, Nicole, you were gonna say something. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that's a really interesting perspective, Danielle, and I 100% believe it, and I feel like I'm going to be thinking deeply about it for a little while. Well, what's hard is that I kind of empathize with Jamie at the same time, because I think that he had his one-on-one, -on -one, and you feel like, oh, I've really connected with this person, and like, I want to pursue this relationship. And then I think you get jealous, right? <clears throat> Joe gets the next rose. I think that this whole show setup is really hard for some people. And I felt like it was like jealousy and him going, oh, well, this is my biggest competition right now. I'm going to like take him out. And then in sort of like doing yeah. that, he revealed something about his character that I think that throws up red flags for me. Yeah, I, I think it's oh, a yeah. red flag from like a, a relationship standpoint that somebody would come to you and, and do that and then just be like, but it's fine with me, whatever, whatever, it's fine with me. Um, I think that's not the type of person you want to build a trusting relationship with. Um, I mean, research would predict that, that relationships that are happy are the ones where people come with their issues and talk them out instead of saying, well, this person over here said it and it doesn't bother me, but because I think my response would be like, well, if it doesn't bother you, I don't need to have a conversation with you about it then. I also mm -hmm. think that if he would have been like, hey, this kind of does bother me. Yeah. I think that she would have addressed it. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that she could have spoken to that with him. And then like he, he wouldn't have sort of like planted this like concern that she has now yeah. that she doesn't necessarily trust these other guys but I, I yeah oh you this is something I don't get I'm like they've only met you once like you know like like you've known each other for like a day I always find it kind of weird when the bachelor or the bachelorette is like oh my gosh I can't believe that they're questioning my intention <laughs> or like whatever because I'm like you know like you're expecting them to like build trust you know like to gain your mm -hmm. trust like you kind of have to do that too I like kind of so mm -hmm. like I always like I always think it's just interesting when they have this sort of like strong reaction to yes so I have some thoughts about that I think one yeah because it's really interesting why are you having this such a strong reaction to these people that you kind of really don't know <laughs> um but I think as the actual bachelorette it's been a really long journey to like be in this spot. And there's lots of, of players that we don't see, like all the producers and the relationships that you have with the people who do the interviews and the cameramen and stuff. And so it's like, you've gone through all of this and had to gain and earn so much trust 
to even become the bachelorette, right? And so then you kind of group everyone together and it's like, well, if I'm in this position, I should just automatically get this trust because all these other people trust me. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. I think that's interesting. Um, and I think to one thing about Jamie for me that really, really bothered me was, and I thought it was a form of manipulation when he was telling Michelle these things that he supposedly heard everyone else talking about he used her word authentic. He's mm. like, I'm just being authentic coming here and telling you these things because I know you value it. So I'm asking you to be authentic with me. And I thought that was very manipulative because he wasn't being authentic. He wasn't telling the truth about the situation or about how he felt, you know? And so I thought that was pretty, I didn't like it. He's a well, character. And I, and I feel like, it, obviously people don't act rationally in the situation but if he really game this out it's like either the guys are going to find out and then he's going to have to deal with them or he's going to end up with michelle and she's going to find out while they're together and then that's going to be a whole like thing of trust like this just really wasn't a well-conceived plan so yeah i was thinking about that the whole time i'm like <clears throat> this is happening on camera like did he forget there are cameras yeah (laughs) which is possible because i mean the stress in that situation has to be incredibly high yeah so then uh the rose ceremony gets canceled because we can't have nice things um or the sorry the cocktail party gets canceled and the men are punished by the rose ceremony uh and then it's over so lessons learned who's staying who's going so start out who's staying or who's going. Is there anyone that you're like, this person is gone or this person's staying for sure? I think Peter will stay for a while because I think he'll be our villain. Yep. But I think he will eventually mm-hmm. definitely go. Yep. Um Peter's a sixth, a sixth episode lever. I feel like that's where I'm gauging about six episodes when Peter leaves. Okay, I'll write that down. But I, I mean, I like I said, I really like Joe. Um, I'm interested to see what develops between her and Nate because they really liked him the last episode, but we didn't get quite as much of him. Seemed like I'm interested in what mm-hmm. happens with her and Rick. Um, so yeah. Knowing that Clayton is going to be the next Bachelor, it I'm interested how he plays in because he seems to still be just kind of a nothing at this point, and so. Yeah, I was really impressed though. Like he had little snippets. Yeah. With, like his takes on things, I was like, oh. I kind of like, I like his worldview so far, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm interested, yeah, I'm interested to see. I kind of had that same thought, Bill, where I was like, yeah. oh, you know, we're going to see more of him. How does this, when does this happen? Or is he going to be like the Ed that just like continues and it's like, he's still here, huh? Okay. <laughs> All right. Lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Tell the truth. <laughs> yes. Do you remember, Danielle, we used to watch this show and they would sing this song, L-I-E-S, L-I-E-S, spells lies, lies. Okay. Yes, um, it was like the kingdom or something. It was like teaching the Ten Commandments. It was this like cartoon. We watched it a lot and you should not lie. Yep, don't lie. You all, I, I, I know I have to go to a meeting, but you all, I had a dream and Matt James was in it and I think I was feeding him. <laughs> you were what? Feeding him. Danielle had a nylon sex dream about Matt James, but it was like a feeding sex dream. Oh my like, God. I don't, I don't recall it being like sexy, but like, I just feel like I fed Matt James in a dream. Oh man. Oh, I love it. Here's my takeaway. (laughs) I am not opposed to lying. And sometimes I think lying can be useful in relationships because it, it saves both people's ego. I think you should really think through the repercussions of every lie. So if you're doing it to save somebody or it's a noble reason, I'm all for it. But if you're doing it just because you want to get out of responsibility, 
then you shouldn't lie. We need to share that VHS with Bill. Yeah. It's a hard and fast rule with the animal yep. kingdom of God. I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, I don't remember right. either. I'll Google it. All right. I'll Google it because I never forgot those songs. I'm pretty oh. sure I know almost all of those songs still. You never forget the religious songs. Like I remember the Awana song. I remember the Hippocriter song that we used to sing in Awanas. Um, yeah. Religion. Yeah, religion is song. amazing at beating in like <laughs> morals through song into your head. Yes. All right, Nicole. Oh. You get the last words, but before, remember, review us on Apple and you could win a custom tie-dyed shirt from Tie-Dye Sue. Our first giveaway. Yes. Nicole, hey, shout out to Even though I'm a participant, even though I'm a participant, can I maybe win a t-shirt? Oh yeah, for sure. If you put your name Excellent. in, yeah. Okay. I want to do between a shout you, out to God and Sue. Between you, God, oh, okay. and Stu, once we draw your name. Um, yeah, so I want to do a shout out to the girls that I watch Bachelorette with. So Amanda, Emily, Melissa, and Sarah, thanks for being there and showing up and watching the show with me. And thank you, Bill and Danielle, for having me on. Man, thank this, you for being on. Yeah, this show's been a lot of love today. I feel like it's been very uplifting. Everyone have a good rest of your week. Go into that weekend. Enjoy it. We'll see you next week. Right? Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks. It was great to talk Bye. to you. Bye. Bye. You too. Bye. You've been listening to Bachadamia with your hosts, Drs. Daniel Dick McGue and Bill Henniger. All opinions expressed on this show are solely the opinion of the person who spoke them. If you like our podcast, please consider following us, leaving us a five-star rating, and a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your friends, family, and other ardent Bachelor content lovers. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com or on the Twitter with the handle at bachadamia. Thanks for listening.